It's the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Tuesday, December 19th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content. I was a little nervous about these uh, more up-and-coming New Jersey Devils these days. Yeah, they the Devils, boy, they're just loaded with talent. Yep. We will be talking about that and have Phantoms Tuesday all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are at Locked On Flyers on Twitter, Blue Sky, Instagram, and Threads as well. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. You can find us for free over on YouTube. We're on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts. You'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Russ, I want to get into a couple of things that John Tortorella said at practice yesterday. Just I thought it was really interesting um, because I think that he brought up a couple of things that we've been saying and said it specifically in the way that we would have liked to it to have been said. And so Um, I just thought it was nice to hear from him on that front. Um, First off, we don't know for sure if Sandheim's going to return, but Torts was acting like he will. Right. Um, uh, Coots had a maintenance day and he'll, but he'll play against the devils. Um, Good to see him get the day off, honestly. Um, Yeah. Well, especially since he played a game, they didn't want him to play because of illness. So it's good that he is. Yeah. So we'll see on that. But he talked about two separate issues uh, yesterday. Number one, Morgan Frost. And, you know, we've sort of been harping about Morgan Frost and we didn't like that he was in and out. Um, And we've said, look, he's been making really great plays. Um, You know, he needs more of an opportunity to thrive. And lo and behold, that's literally what John Tortorella said. He's he mentioned specific things that we have mentioned on the show in terms of him being one of the best guys on the power play that the Flyers have on a not, you know, a not good power play, but we noticed Morgan Frost. Mm-hmm. He's been noticing Morgan Frost and said that he was probably the best guy on their power play. Um, he makes noticeable plays. He mentioned specifically that play to set up Tippett's goal the other day. He keeps improving and that he needs to find spots to allow him to flourish more and get him more ice time along with Owen Tippett. So I think he agrees with us, Russ. Yeah, after 30 games. Like, it's like, I think <laughs> it took him a while. But that's all right. I mean, at least, you know, for Frost's sake, I, look, I was saying it not so much to kill John, but to benefit the player. I wanted to see the player benefit because I just felt like he was being right. wasted, you know. And I could see a lot of these, and so could you, that these little things that he will do in a game that a lot of their guys just, don't do. It's just not in their skill set. And that's okay. But you need a guy like that out there on the ice. And, if, you know, when you're playing against a team like the Devils, you definitely need a guy there like that out on the ice because they've got a lot of those guys. And so that's something where 
you know, because the Flyers are a big work ethic team with play hard, maybe play over their head. But as far as pure skill, they're not as skilled as a lot of other teams. So that's why, yeah, Frost should be out there. Yeah. The other thing he said, uh, which is spot on to a thing you have said, Russ, many times, is that you just never know what defensemen and you shouldn't give up on them as far as like defensive prospects and waiting until they get a little older um, because sometimes they just suddenly get better, mm-hmm. you know, at age 24, 25. And sometimes you know, he's talking 26 or seven for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he was talking a lot about uh, Nick Sealer in this context, which I think like in, in this season so far, he's taken tremendous steps forward. And I think him with Walker has been a huge part of that. Uh, but I think that, yeah, Nick Sealer has gotten better at other aspects of his game besides shot blocking. I think he does a lot more now. He does do more now. I give him that. I still haven't made any kind of jump where I would keep him on a second pairing. I have still have some trust issues there. But, no, they've with play, Nick Sealer has gotten better. I think he's yeah. still NHL average. But I think, yeah. But I think before they got him, he was teetering. So I do think there has right. been improvement. There's no question about that. Um, I'm also going to say that's, you know, again, we're going to have this argument on the show. He's probably going to get re-signed whether people want him to or not because the coach likes him. If the coach is going to be there, he's probably going to be there. Yeah, well, we'll see on that front. Yeah, um, yeah I know. I knew you would say that. It's fine. Well, you know, I just don't know what Danny Breer's thinking on that front in terms of potentially selling high on a guy like him and getting some more assets. I get it, but here's... Until we see it, we haven't seen Danny Briere say something that's any different than John Tortorella. So until I see it, I can't believe it. Yeah. Um, and Rasmus Ristolainen was also part of that right. conversation that he's just taken a while to develop more aspects of his game. And he's not just a physical guy anymore. He's gotten a little smarter with his defensive play. And and I, I think that is also true. And I think he's having a much better season this year. Yeah, I think. He was fine even um, last year. I think the issue with him is uh, if you have these expectations, he's going to be like a number one defenseman running a power play. No, that was the thought of Buffalo, and they kind of burnt him out on that. Fans kind of got under his skin, I think, on that. The fans have had a good, you know, a good rapport with him because they understand that there has been the occasional turnover, but he's mainly played a really decent game. So I, I think it's different for him now different set of circumstances, different responsibilities, and it's working. And and he always had the talent. So it's not like I can't be shocked that they've gotten this out of him because he's always been a talented guy. Right. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, looking at the New Jersey Devils, since we saw them last on November 30th, of course, the Devils won that game in overtime. In the interim, uh, Dougie Hamilton was injured and uh, Seaman Nemich, who we talked about a lot on this show uh, when he was a draft eligible prospect, uh, got the call up um, as an injury replacement and so far has been, you know, playing pretty darn good. Yeah, now I have to tell you, it's Shimon Nemich. Like that's now. Yeah, that's that's how it is now, now that he's playing in the NHL. Um, But yes, he's doing well. Look. I said this to someone the other day, and I'll, I'll say it publicly. No slight to Dougie Hamilton, but if, 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 if Shimon Nemitz works out here, they don't need Dougie Hamilton anymore. Now, he's got a big contract, and it might be hard to move him, but they just won't need him. Like, it's just that's and, – and that's where we have to see kind of where they are. And But, yeah, they, 
They still have some issues. I still think they're missing Damon Severson because he was a good all-around defenseman. Uh, and right. I think he added something defensively that still they're missing a little of until Hughes and Nemitz sort of grow into that. So there is opportunity there for goals. And, you know, their goaltending is not super. Um, right. But, you know, they move the puck quickly. Fast and Hughes are literally fast, faster than anybody the Flyers have. And so that is a problem, too. Like, you really – you can't make mistakes with them. Obviously, you don't want the game to go to overtime because Jack Hughes is the single worst guy to have to face in overtime. If he gets the puck first, you're probably not getting it back. That's the reality. Yeah. We saw that last time, and that's just a fact. Another factor coming into this game is they got pretty humiliated in their last game yeah. against the Ducks, 5-1, to one, where former Devils player Adam Henrique got a hat trick. Yeah. And that was tough to live down. Um, Devils fandom is like, let's trade for him back. And and they want um, Gibson, actually, from the Ducks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I saw tons of trade proposals out I there know. that involved. I don't think Gibson's it's, going anywhere. That's the funny thing. It's no. just like, it, it's just not going to happen. I get the Henrique thing, but they were, they were, fans were kind of fed up with Henrique, I thought. They were. Yeah. I know. It's just really funny that that's what ended up happening in that game. So the Devils are like a little bit stung and may want to exact their revenge on their next Well, opponent. it's not going to be them. I, I know Lindy Ruff a little bit as a coach, and he's been around long enough, and he probably is practicing them pretty hard. And so, yeah, Lindy is going to light a fire under them. That's what's going to happen. I mean, regardless of that loss, um, the the Devils are five and three overall since we saw them last. Seven and three in their last ten. They have been much better over the past like two to three weeks than they were earlier in the season. I mean, you're going to laugh. Besides Brat, who I think really has turned into a star in this league, and I think the Devils got that right as far as extending him and everything else. Uh, Eric Halla has been amazing. And he is a guy, like, literally, because I yeah. think what, he's on the third line. Uh, yep. But you have to watch him. You have to watch for that because he's putting in points. You know, Palat's been a pretty good pickup, but I don't think Palat's ever going to show his worth until it's the playoffs. But I've been impressed with Hala and to the point where I'm like, wow, I think, I think as highly of him as I did two or three years ago, where last year I was thinking, or, you know, I don't know, his, his game's kind of fallen off, but he's been really good. I agree with that. So I think the other big element to this game is that the Devils have the number one power play in the league and going up against, you know, the Flyers top rated. Um, it's not the top in the league, but it's pretty close uh, in terms of the penalty kill. So that is going to be a huge matchup. Um, honestly, the Flyers would do themselves well to stay out of the box entirely. But should they, I think they're going to really have to batten down the hatches and maybe dial back the aggressiveness a little bit just to make sure they have guys back to cover those devils fast skaters. I agree with that. What I've seen happen over the years when the number one power play usually goes up against the number one penalty kill, a lot of times they do get pretty close to negating each other. But the problem is the Flyers power play would then have to do something. And, right. and if it doesn't in this game, it could cost them. That's really what it's going to, you know, if that's the real big issue here. I think otherwise, they're, both sides are up to the task on facing each other the other way, but that's where the Flyers are kind of at a disadvantage because their power play looks like it's still working for the first time at times. So, and I think the other thing the Flyers can do is get set up more, even at five on five, mm -hmm. to get more um, 
chances to get the goalie to move, right? So Ooh. they have to do plays to get the the puck moving around so that the goalies will move because the, to your point, goaltending has been an mm. issue for them. So I think that is where they're going to get their opportunities more often than not in this one. But uh, it's it's going to be an interesting matchup. Looking forward to it. Uh, it is Phantoms Tuesday. There is a lot to talk about with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and we will be doing that coming up next. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Now I'm going to tell you, bet the under on the Eagles-Seattle game because Jalen Hurts is sick, and I expect him to play, but I don't know if he's going to be even close to 100%. So now, and especially with the new defensive coordinator that they have, they might be able. They might be a little more pumped up on defense, but I just think this is now going to be a, a little bit sluggish. So we'll see. That's how things can change in the NFL. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get in on the action this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. The Flyers, of course, play the Devils at 7 p.m. So you can catch every second of the Flyers' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search for Flyers. We will also be having our uh, mailbag segment tomorrow. So get those uh, last questions in for the week. You can email us at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail. You can send us a message on Twitter or comment over on our YouTube You know, soon it's going to be for the year. Right now it's still for the week, but we're getting close. Yep, that is true. That is very true. Uh, Right now, I think the Phantoms are at a fascinating crossroads. And, you know, if you look in the rundown uh, on YouTube, uh, if you are watching us, if you are not, I have you know, a a note that says results versus results in all capital letters. And I think that's what's kind of going on there where, you know, this past weekend, two losses and a win. They are now 11-11-4, which is 500 hockey. It's not good enough. They're, They're still in seventh in the division. And, you know, after getting into the playoffs last year, expectations were high. And especially because of the number of prospects that you know kind of got shut out at the nhl level so this is a good team this is a good team with good prospects um on it and we're just at this weird spot where they're not winning but individual prospects are finding success and so you look at results on the scoreboard and results from prospect development there's a little bit of different stuff going on here russ right no i mean look Ultimately, results from the prospects is the most important. But you still, you know, you still want the team to win. You still want them to get playoff experience. And you know, right now, if the season were to end, that's not happening. So that's where things have to change. It shouldn't be that if you pull Ali Licks out of the lineup, this is what happens to the team. But it's happened. That's a little disturbing, and unfortunately, that does fall on the coach a little bit. So, because he's got to figure out the winning, you know, the coach has to figure out the winning formula. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. And, you know, there's 
uh, a time in the AHL season where there's always a lot of churn because not only do you have injuries at the NHL level, making them call up guys like Ali Lixel, but then you have injuries on your own team. And there's this cycle that goes in and out of, you have different guys available on different days. You've got weekends with three games in a row, like we just had where there's just a lot of wear and tear on the players and, and you're trying to rotate guys in and out. So there's a lot of movement, a lot of different things happening. Like this week we had, you know, Louis Belpedio got back in the lineup on Saturday after he finally got sent down. They paired him up with uh, Emil Andre. Helge Granz is still out for the foreseeable future. Adam Brooks came back into action. Uh, Mason Millman and Matt Brown are on the, you know, call up, send down to Reading cycle. So a lot of change happening while you're trying to get these results. And it's hard, but that's that's the AHL job, right? It is. But again, I, I'm going to continue to tell you, you know, Mason Millman's getting a raw deal here. I just don't understand why they're just so easily sending him back to, to, to Reading. It might be a situation where they're like, well, you know, we could only have – two five foot nine defensemen or two you know because you've got andre so it's and so it's like you know millman's just got to go because we can't have too many small defensemen maybe they only want one maybe that's what it is i i don't know the answer but i don't like what i see from it because here's the funny thing he's better offensively than louis belpedio i get belpedio may have a better all-around game but there's an all-around game in millman that if he actually got playing time could show you that it's pretty good Right. I, and I, again, it's a good question uh, yeah. for the team um, and management. Speaking of which, there was a huge management presence at Friday's game. Uh, all the player dev guys there, including like Patrick Sharp, John LeClaire, Sam Moran, Chris Stewart, uh, Alan McCauley was there. Like literally everybody was right. there. So there, there is like an actual in-person presence that's been mm -hmm. happening no, that's here cool. with these guys. Yeah, which is a, a really good thing. Uh, and, you know, we, we talked last week about guys having to step up with uh, Ali Lixel up with the Flyers. And at the time, Tanner Lazinski was out uh, with the injury. He came back in a little bit. But again, you know, he was banged up a little bit. So, you know, is he going to be 100%? Don't know the answer to that. But we called on some specific guys that were going to have to step up in Emil Andre, Samuel Tuomala, Wade Allison, Cooper Marodi, and J.R. Avon. And individually, they all had pretty good weekends, I'm going to say, despite the fact that the team lost two of the three games and the, the one they did win was an overtime win. Um, you know, Emil Andre had a goal and an assist in each of the games on Wednesday and Friday, plus an assist on Saturday. Samu Tuomala. Yeah, his play is picking up. That's nice. It is really nice. Samu Tuomala, honestly, super thrilled for him. He had a goal Wednesday, a golden assist Friday, plus an assist Saturday. And Lappy mentioned something in particular about him um, in terms of his power play time. They moved him over to the circle half wall area on the power play and his shot is getting better and better from there and in fact 
the Phantoms, uh, I forget which game it was, but they got a, a specific power play goal because the defensive coverage of him in particular sucked an extra guy over that right. allowed somebody else to get free and score that goal. So not only is Tuamala playing better, but other teams are noticing it and covering him that well, way. Well, he's always, everybody knows he has that shot. It's not a secret. They knew that in the draft. The secret's going to be, can Tuamala rise above AHL play? Like, that's what we're looking for. So this is good, but I still need more. Like, this isn't, you know, a lot of prospects, you'd be satisfied and say, oh, look, this is, need more out of him. Because, you know, especially with what's been missing the past couple of years, but here's the other head scratcher, okay? You tell me, and this is where I have to, you know, take Ian LaPerrier to task a little bit. I think he's done a better job than last year. I don't think it's, mar you know, a lot better, though. I think it's marginal. And if he wants Alexis Genron to score goals, then don't play him in one of three games. Because goal scoring isn't this, oh, we'll put him in and maybe he'll, you know, score a goal this game but you know we won't play him the next couple and it's like well how's he going to be a consistent goal scorer if he can't get consistent ice time i i think that's part of it i also think he's one of the younger guys and they're right now they're prioritizing other players i don't know that that's the right decision either but that is what's happening right now and i think with him they're also seeing some mistakes in other aspects of his game and so they're trying to build those up as well in practice to get him to the point where he can play more regularly in the game. If you want to tell me, if you want to give me the argument that young players can't make that many mistakes up in the NHL, I'm going to bristle a little, but I'll go along with your what you just said to me. Like, hey, this is the AHL. This is built to make, make mistakes. This is a league that is a developmental league. He is supposed to be in there to make mistakes and overcome those mistakes to become a better player. He's not playing enough. Yeah, I, I would separate those two things a little bit, especially with what Lappy has said about him and about making mistakes in general, because I think Lappy is actually pretty good about balancing his feedback in terms of mistakes that are you can learn from mm -hmm. and having the right attitude versus not. And he's only going to get on somebody if they don't have a, a good attitude about learning. And I, I think that's the difference here. And that I do think there is a plan with Gendron. I you can disagree with it, but I do think they recognize something there. And and I, I think it's a valid opinion to, you know, have him in more uh, games, you know, and get more ice time. Sorry, which game did you say they had a big presence organization wise? Friday. Friday. So that's the game Gendron played. Yeah. Don't think that that was by mistake. Well, Le Perrier made sure. No, I'm just saying Le Perrier made sure he put him in there so the brass could see him. But then in the other games, it's not as important because they probably weren't there. I'm just saying these are things that go on, Rachel, in organizations that I see that I have to talk about because, and, and I know Briere gets to, you know, Lehigh as much as he can, and that's fine. And Macaulay's there all the time. So he'll talk to him about it and tell him. But there's a way to do this. And they're not doing it. LaPerrier is not doing it the right way. That's all. All right. That's fair. Uh, in the meantime, there's more to talk about. And we will do that coming up next. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, 
you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting excited for all the fun you'll have. My favorite part of the Game Time app is that it's great for getting notified about those flash deals. Plus, you can get that all-important view from your seat. Game Time has tickets right up to the start of the event, and in some cases, up to an hour after it starts. So it's the place to find your last-minute seat. Also, tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use with the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your purchase. Terms apply. Again, create the account and redeem with the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So going back to what you were saying a, a little bit, I do think that's the other you know, big thing going on right now is that Lappy does really, truly, I think, understand how to work with these guys in terms of correcting for mistakes that are fixable and mm -hmm. they can learn versus just getting on them for losing. Sure. Um, I And I, I think that's something that he has gotten better at over the last year and the way he talks about it is really good. I think Wade Allison is a, a key... I think player right now in that area because um, he has gotten better over the last several weeks. I think he was in kind of a, a daze about being sent down at the beginning of the season no doubt. and it took him a while to like really find himself and be like, all right, I'm here. This is my job. This is what I'm going to do. Um, he had a goal on Friday, but had a ton of chances throughout the weekend. And I think when he's playing on a line uh, and we talked about this last week, that's AHLers with him. And it's seen more as a phys with as a physical line. I think he's finding ways to be that offensive firepower and that offensive spark on that line in a lot of ways that maybe he didn't a few weeks ago. I think he's just really getting smarter about his play and carrying that line much better than he was before. I think spark is a good word. I don't see the numbers yet to, to fully back up yeah. the other part, but but I think spark is good. I. The problem with with him, with, with Allison, is, and it's not all his fault, whether he gets back up with the Flyers again this year, he may not. And that's for a number of reasons. And if he doesn't, he's probably not going to be in the Flyers organization next year. So he's got to take advantage of what he's doing and what LaPerrier is teaching him so he can bring that forward to probably the next organization he's going to be in. Yeah. And I think he realizes that in yeah. a lot of ways yeah. that he just has to put his best foot forward here and make the best of his time. Yeah. And, and I think Lappy gets that too. And I yeah. think. I mean, they have a good group of guys, so there's no reason for him not to want to do his best with this team and further his career for, you know, next year to try and get a contract because he's going to be one of those guys that's going to take a while to get a contract probably. So the better he does, the better his case is. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Samu Tuamala has taken over the top scoring position on the team because he's simply been playing. Right. Um, and I, Ronnie Adderd is now is in the top five on the team in scoring. He's the team's top scoring defenseman. Yeah, I'm going to start beating that drum a little bigger for him to to get in the NHL yep. because there's an opportunity there, whether they want to see it or not. Yeah, and I think the Flyers, you know, to our points, we've been making for the past several weeks could use a guy like him with his shot, yeah. um, especially on the, the second unit of yeah. the power play. Uh, the Phantoms are going on the road 
for the next little bit. Uh, they've got two games Christmas week on uh, Thursday, December 21st and Friday, December 22nd at Charlotte before the holiday break. Uh, that Those are going to be two big games where they need to get W's because it's against, you know, a team in the division. Got to get those points. Got to get back on track. Yeah, they can't keep leading points. You're right. I mean, these overtime wins and losses are killing them. They might be getting a point here or a point there, but it's, they're not moving in the standings. No. Not at all. And, you know, right now they're losing more than they're winning and eventually it's going to be insurmountable. So they got to start racking up some points now. And that's the. They had good enough goaltending. See, the, the thing is, we could say, all right, look, if they didn't have great goaltending, I could understand the record, but they have good goaltending. Uh, I would say for the most part. Yeah, I think, you know, some games are, are better than others. Um, sure. I mean, there's always going to be. I mean, the goaltenders they yeah. have are good enough quality that they should be able to win, is my point. Yeah, that is true. Um, I, I think that uh, it's good that Sandstrom is getting the lion's share of, of the starts. It is good. And, uh, you know, but then you you look at a, a game like Friday's game with Cal Peters in, in net. The, the Phantoms outshot them 45 to 24 and still lost the game. And so you, you just kind of like, it's the small mistakes here. It's not, you know, it's, it's yeah. a lot of things. So I think that, you know, there's a lot of thinking that has to happen in terms, again, of those results on the scoreboard and the results in terms of prospect development. And, and that's what the AHL is all about. And I think, I think right. the fandoms have a lot of work to do, uh, but a, a lot of good elements there as well. Uh, that will do it for today's show. Thanks again for listening. We'll have a recap of that game against the Devils tomorrow, plus the mailbag. So get those questions in via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.